<clears throat> All right, good morning, church. It's, uh, it's great to be back with you today. I had the joy of being in Belfast at our, at our location in Belfast last weekend with Kelly uh, teaching over there. Things are going good. They're in, a, in quite a transition. At the, at the same time, uh, we're, all of our locations are in a, in a great God-led transition season. Um, I was able to stream the, the evening service uh, as we're uh, getting back into Glasgow and very thankful for Shagan and one of our elders here who was teaching last week. Really appreciate uh, him and, and his teaching last week. Um, today, what, what I want to accomplish, what I want to do is we're going to do a mid uh, a mid-series recap, and if you're like, what series? What are we in the middle of? Uh, I, I, can, I can understand that confusion. In the, in the autumn, we began a series called Make a Difference, Learning to Follow God Well, and we've started looking at the lives of three very different people in three consecutive generations and watching how they, in their unique circumstances, in their unique callings, in their unique environments, learned to follow God well, resulting in them making an extraordinary impact in, in each of their generations. The, the first person that we started looking at was a woman named Hannah, and how she uh, goes from a season of pain to, to trusting God and, and to, to learning how to follow God, and uh, she ends up making an, an amazing impact uh, for her nation. Uh, the next generation that we've started looking at now is a a guy named Samuel, who is Hannah's son. I don't want to give away the story, but that uh, I kind of did. Uh, so Hannah, Hannah, was no, Hannah has a, a son named Samuel, miracle baby. And he is a uh, priest, a prophet, a, a judge, a leader of the nation. And we see him learning how to follow God well and, and learning uh, how to, and then thus making a difference in his generation. We got a little bit of a, an insight into where the series is going. Uh, last week, Shagan talked a little bit about King Saul, who is going to be the, the third person that we will eventually start talking more about in a few weeks. And how, and how he, learning to follow God well, he may not be the, the greatest um, positive example, but there's heaps that we can learn as we watch um, Saul and the differences that he makes as he follows God well, and then, and then the warnings as, as he doesn't. So... It's been a two-month break. Uh, for, for, for those of you who are, are newer here, you're, yeah, two months. We, we celebrated Advent season. We had birthday Sunday. We talked about fasting. And, and there, there's been a lot, a lot of amazing stuff going on. But, but we're coming back to this season, uh, this series now, as a family, as a church. And so what I want to do today is I want to remind us of what we've been learning. And... And I want to be praising God for what he's doing in our church. And I'm going to, I'm going to apply these, or these lessons. I'm going to remind us of these lessons and talk about them a little bit differently than when I did the first time around. The first time around, I was talking about each lesson as it's connected to you. And how you, as an individual, as you, as you learn these lessons, how you can learn to follow God well and, and make a difference with your life. This is a little bit, today it's going to be a little bit more of a, of a church testimony. As we have been learning these lessons in this last season, in the last eight months or so, and then especially in the autumn, even up till today, and how we have been experiencing 
exactly what the Bible's been teaching. And, and what I want to establish over and over again is that our God is the same. And, and the same God who was acting in 3,000 100 years ago during the days of hannah and samuel is still at work in our generation doing extraordinary similar things because because he he's the same he's the same amazing he's the same amazing and so uh, we have a test we have some testimonies about that so let's remember let's remember and then we will we will marvel at, at what god is is still doing today um, the first the first message it, it was kind of like kind of the pre message We did an introduction message and kind of set up the the series uh, There were some pictures of where and maps of, of where these events are taking place But the first you know uh, the first message as we look at the lives of the people um, Was was starting to look at a, a woman this woman named Han Hannah And the main lesson that we were learning from from her in that first week was how God can use painful circumstances to prepare us to follow him well how god can use painful circumstances to prepare us to follow him well and you know hannah very broken very broken it's it said in chapter one that that yahweh that the that god had kept hannah from being able to conceive and have a baby and so after years and years of pain after years of being kept from her heart's desire in the context of incredible soul anguish heart-rending grief frustrations being misunderstood by people which we talked about being actively tormented by 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 um penina we we find her in chapter one desperate and broken before god in fact she describes the state of her heart to Eli the priest and she says this about her heart in first Samuel chapter 1 she said uh, no my lord I mean I'm not drunk I'm not I am a woman with a broken heart I haven't had any wine or beer I have been pouring out my heart before the Lord don't think of me as a wicked woman I have been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment i've been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment very broken before god she's been stuck for years years without any hope unless god does a miracle unless god does the impossible unless god intervenes in her life now we talked about this, uh, our church's uh, testimony in the last several months, that, that God has used disappointment and frustration to set our church up for his amazing, his amazing future. How, how we have been working over, for years and years at trying to find more space. We've been praying for five, six, seven years, pleading with God for, for more space for, for, for us. We've pursued buildings. We've looked into building buildings and, and converting warehouses and trying to purchase things. And we, we've been so close a few times, things that looked like they were going to come together, and yet they ended up just dissolving into nothingness and in disappointment and, and we, we've had staff meetings and strategy meetings how are we gonna how are we gonna handle the 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 capacity challenges and and the frustrations of just not being able to 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 find more space 
And, and God, God spoke uh, through, through, through this person a, a little bit ago, uh, several months ago, and, and he said to us that, um, that he did not allow some things to come to pass. Uh, he did not allow some things to come to pass, and he was stopping a mindset of addition, and he was setting us up for a mindset of multiplication, going to multiple locations. He was, he was setting us up to be prepared to say yes to that challenge. And, and, and this person goes on to say, she, she goes on to say, this is why you've felt frustrated these years. Because we had a mindset just to, to get a bigger space and to add where God wanted to set us up to, to multiply. So that, that's been our church experience. And I know that many of you have had personal experiences where you've, you've gone through years of, of pain and frustration and, and disappointments. Uh, but God, God can use seasons of pain and frustration to prepare us for his, his next, for what he is going to be doing um, as we're prepared by that painful preparation. So when we looking back now, we say, praise God. Praise God for those years of frustration as he set us up for the future that we're walking into right now. So that was the first message. The, the second message that we started talking about was the power of being blessed. How many were you here for the, the blessing? You would know because I made you bless me. Nobody was here. That, that's great. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, some, some of you were here. Oh, man. Uh, you're, you're, if you weren't here, you're going you're gonna to be like, what? Uh, you, you should watch that one on YouTube. Uh, so we talked about how Eli the priest blesses Hannah. And, and his blessing of Hannah releases breakthrough in Hannah's life after years and years of frustration. In fact, we read, in, we read his blessing in 1 Samuel 1, 17. And, and the blessing that Eli proclaims over Hannah is very simple. He doesn't know what's going on fully in her life. And, and he says this to Hannah when she says, I'm a woman in anguish and a broken heart, uh, resentment. He says, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant the petition you've requested from him. That was the simple priestly blessing. Again, she, she had been in years of pain, and then after she receives that blessing, breakthrough happens. Things shifted. Things shifted, and she was able to conceive. Now, we talked about then in that message how we are a priesthood of believers in the New Testament. That all of us have a priestly capacity, a, a priestly aspect to, to our new creation self, to being uh, followers of Jesus, believers in Jesus. And that we have the ability to bless people, like Eli, bless people in the name of Jesus. In that message, I, I quoted Chuck Kraft. Who, who said this about blessing in our day. He says, genuine spiritual transactions take place when we speak blessing in Jesus' name. So this was the 9th of September where, where, this, where we, we taught about this. And, and, and I think for a lot of you, you're like, okay. Well, I've never, I'm not really, uh, okay. So I made you, as you remember, stand up and, you, and to, to bless me. I told you I had two major multi-year prayer requests going on in my life. One was, oh, I, didn't, I don't think I actually told you what they were, but, but one was definitely connected to the building, and I made you stand up, and I made you uh, bless me, uh, and, and, and you stood up, and, and the words that you were to bless me with were, the, were these. And in fact, I, I changed it. It was this. It says, in the name of Jesus... 
This is what you said. May God quickly answer the prayers you've been praying. And I wanted to emphasize quickly, right? As, as all people who are stuck in seasons, quickly answer. So, so you stood up and you said, in the name of Jesus, may God quickly answer the prayers you've been praying. And you, you did like a, an okay job. It wasn't all that impressive. And, and so I had you do it again. And, and we, we kind of had to put on, um, let unbelief go down and then Okay, belief that, that, that actually there's something to a blessing. And, and we worked, we did as well as we could. And, and you stood up again and you, and you blessed. So I ended up with probably over a thousand blessings. You, you, you blessed me twice, evening service, uh, blessed, blessed me twice. And, and um, that was fun. The next day, the next day, after years and years and years of trying to get a building, I got the call. I got the call. I, unexpectedly, I was not expecting it. Uh, I, I got the call saying, Brian, here's the price. If you want it, it's yours for the church building. Yes. Yes. Family, we're talking years and years of struggle. And then blessing an instant breakthrough. It, I, it was new for me. I mean, I believe in this, in this stuff, but what an extraordinary moment for, for our church. And, and, and the breakthrough that it has just started bringing about, it's, it's such a big deal. Uh, um, I need to stop right now. I need to stop right now because my notes continue, but I can't continue. Because I've experienced, and we as a church have experienced the power of, break, of blessing and breakthrough. So I know that you have been in a season of prayer, and a lot of you prayer and fasting, and calling out to God for things in your life. And I want to give this blessing to you and your prayers. Are, are you okay with that? Yes, stand up, stand up. Okay, get, get, get ready to receive a, a, a priestly blessing. Bring to mind the prayers that you've been praying. Uh, wh what are the prayers that you've been praying? I'm going to ask, I'm going to bless this. Okay, you got it in mind? I'm going to do it twice, just in case, just in case. In the name of Jesus, may God quickly answer the prayers that you've been praying. As a priest of God, as a servant of God Most High, I bless you in the name of Jesus, and may God quickly answer the prayers that you've been praying. May it be. Don't sit down. Why don't you bless me back? Because I've got one. I've got one prayer. I've got. I've got two. I got two, two prayer requests. We're, we're doing well in the building. I'm, I, I, I'll, I'd happily receive a blessing, okay? Well, you guys are priests of God most high. Stretch out your hands. Ready? We're going to go this good. Okay. Bring it. Three, two, one. That was good. Let's try it again. Three, two, one, go. Family. This is good. This is how families ought to work. 
where we're praying, where we're blessing, where we're encouraging, where we're holding each other up in, in prayer, holding each other's prayers of whatever they may be. Uh, praise God, have, have a seat. Some of you are like, I'm going to YouTube that one. What in the world were we just doing? Okay, so that was message number two, September 9th, for those of you already looking on YouTube. Uh, third, the third week, the third message was about our sacrifices to God in obedience to Him are worth it. How our sacrifices to God in obedience to Him are worth it. Now, we talked about Hannah, and, and her massive sacrifice um, was the giving up of her son, her only son, her miracle baby, and how in obedience to a vow she made, and yet still with a sense of, you know how it is, God, I promise if you do this, then I'll do that, and then you get to the moment, and you're like, ah. Well, there she is, and she does this. She, she brings her, her son to the Lord, and, and her sacrifice ends up being the nation's gain. She didn't know it at the time, but that was the result. And when I think about our situation here at, at Rehope, we've never had a moment like this. We've never had a moment like this where in such a short period of time, we had to come up with hundreds of thousands of pounds. In, in fact, when we first started talking about our building situation, we, we, had, we had less than two months to come up with 140,000 pounds, something that we had never, ever come close to ever in the history uh, of our church. But we felt like God was in, in, in this building moment and we needed to come up with the money. And we'd been convinced that God was leading and so we, we went for it. And as a church, we had a treasures moment. We had a treasures moment, okay? Um, there's a call going out. We need to raise hundreds, hundreds of thousands of pounds. And, and, and our, if, if we give this much money, it's gonna cost us in the now and 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 what it's going to set back maybe my plans for a, a renovation or a down payment or a or a car or a holiday or whatever whatever i'm giving now it's it's gonna it's gonna cost it's gonna be a sacrifice and yet in faith we had to decide okay god's leading god's nudge. are we gonna follow those 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 nudges and those those leadings and choose heaven's plans for today with that money of ours or our plans for today and it was quite a moment for 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 us as a church and and i told you during that message that god takes note of gutsy and generous offerings, especially when they're in response to his leading and his answers of prayer. That was, that was a stretching time. It was a stretching time for me, and I think it was a stretching time for, for many of us. I'll come back to this, because that started a season of, of, of Raise Hope when we started telling you that we're going to be raising money for, for these, these, build, these building renovations in this, this south side location. The fourth message that we talked about was about marriage, and it was basically about loving people as they are, even when they're not the ideal we want them to be. Now, if you're not married, it's not really like that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, loving people as they are, even when they're not the ideal we want them to be. We need to be committed to love people just as they are, just like Jesus is committed to loving us just as we are. We saw that with, with Hannah, and Elkanah, her husband, loving her, even though she was in a multi-year, seven to ten year pain, depression, 
grief broken heart. He loved her well during that time. In our church here, you know, we're, we're, not, a, we're not a perfect, perfect church. There's no perfect church. But, but one of the things that I've always been um, good proud, good proud uh, of, of us as a church, as a people, of you, of you specifically, is we've always had an extraordinary low amount of grumbling and complaining. It's, it's, been, it's been the most special, special uh, experience leading this church. Such, such a, an absence of grumbling. And, and, and I appreciate that. The leaders appreciate that. Even though um, there's times where we just fall short of, of, of the ideal, of maybe your ideal for, for us as leaders or things like that. What, what a gift your attitude has been, loving us well, um, in, in every in all the decisions, the better ones and the, the maybe not so so good ones. Thank you. Thank you for that. The fifth message was about praising God when He brings you out of a testing season and into a testimony season. When you move from test to testimony, and, and how to do that? And we uh, we just when you experience God's help. When you experience this rescue, just how big of a deal it is to start praising. And I, I encourage you to, 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 to be, keep working on writing down praises. And you can be anonymous and you can be vague and you can whatever. But to be praising God and, and, and doing that in the share time, which is why we do the share time. And then there on, on the wall there. We talked about how in life you're going to be tested. There's just going to be crunch moments. You're going to be tested. And yet it's, it's the experiencing of God's help. And his intervention out of those times, out of those seasons of testing that give you your powerful testimony. Hannah is blessed with a miraculous answer to prayer, and her praise, her testimony praise in chapter 2 begins with these words. She, she, she says, My heart rejoices. My heart rejoices in the Lord. My, my horn is lifted up by the Lord. My mouth boasts over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. And there is no rock like our God. She goes on for, for several verses. Hannah's been tested, and now it's testimony time. She's persevered in, in her pain, and now is going to praise God as, as God has finally intervened in her life. And she's going to praise God with two things, with, with joyfulness. Part of praising God is, is, is actual joyfulness. I am going to choose joyfulness and thankfulness. Joyfulness, and my, my heart rejoices. And also that specific testimony of what God has done for you. Proclaiming it, getting it out there, writing it in a poem that'll be read three and a half, three thousand years later, you know, things like that. Uh, testifying for what God has done, in, in her case, miraculously healing her. We as a church have a praise that, that you, you might not yet know about. We have a, a major praise that, that you may not yet know about. It was fasting week two weeks ago. It was fasting week, and, and I remember sitting at the elders' meeting on Monday night. We, we were circled right here in the middle. We don't usually sit in here, but, you know, uh, we were for some reason. Oh, because we were going to have—it doesn't matter. We were sitting right there. And, and we were talking about our, our Raise Hope money situation. Now, we have, we have raised a couple hundred thousand pounds, and, and it's just been a, in a very short period of time. It, it's just been extraordinary generosity. 
But we've got about 45 days before we have to start paying some big bills. Before, and we're looking at how much we need for those bills and how much we have. And as I said two weeks ago on Sunday, we have raised, we, we still need to raise 137,000 pounds. Now, that's, that's a lot. Now, we've come a long ways, but still, 137,000 pounds in 45 days is pretty epic. Um, I, I was talking to the kids a few minutes ago, and that's 13,000 500 or 700 of those um, smarty tubes that, that they've been, been working on or something like that. 137,000 pounds. And we're sitting around here in the elders meeting and I'm like, okay, elders, let's be honest. Our church has been extraordinary, extraordinarily generous. And people have given and they've given sacrificially and, and it's amazing. But, but honestly, when you look at this church, do you see it? Do you see 137,000 pounds left to give? And I'm like, okay, I know that God can do anything. He can do anything. He can provide instantly in a moment. In, in any way he can provide, he can su surprise us. But on Monday, a fasting week, I'm looking here, and I don't see it. Do you? No, no. No, we don't really see it. We feel like the church is given above and beyond and above and beyond, but no, we're not, we're not seeing it. I was like, well, you know, I know God can give or God can do whatever and provide however, but I think it's probably time we're to start inquiring a little bit about a loan because we need, to, we, need to, we need to pay these bills when the time comes. The next day, it was Tuesday, fasting week, and it was stressful. It was a stressful day. And it, was, it was Keys Day. All the money was transferring to, to purchase the, the Southside building, and, and so I'm tracking it throughout the day. I'm trying to concentrate on other things, but it's very exciting. And when you're dealing with a, a prayer that's being answered after seven years of pleading as a church, it's kind of a big moment, and so maybe you can forgive me for some distraction issues and some stress and joy issues. And, and I'm going through that day, and I'm tracking the money and calling people. Has it come through yet? Has it come through yet? And then finally, near the end of the day, I get the phone call. Okay, all the money is through, and you can go and meet these people in this location and get the keys for the Southside building, which was Tuesday. Um, yay, God, right? Yeah, yay, God. And, and so we did that, and we got the keys, and, and it was just, just so such a special moment. And then I got back home, and I looked at my emails. And I got an email on that Tuesday from our solicitor, and the solicitor, it was just a very simple email. It says, this, this concludes... Um, your purchase of this south side church location. Now, maybe if you're new here, you, you don't realize we were supposed to purchase the building in the end of November, but it got delayed. And the reason it got delayed is because there's a, there's a church house connected to the church building, and there was a lady living in the church house, and she won't leave. She, she continues to not be able to leave, not want to leave. And so she's there, and so we couldn't finish. We couldn't complete this, this purchase. And so what the Church of Scotland had to do is they had to take the title and split it into two parts, one for the church house and one for the church. And so um, we had agreed to purchase the church originally at 500,000, and then we got lowered to 440,000 pounds. And then what, what happened there is in order to split this off, we, we ended up um, having a sense of, okay, we're going to put assign 150,000 pounds to the church house and 290, 
making 440 to the church building itself. And so we we purchased uh, we concluded that that 290,000 purchase of the church building. And then the email said uh, from the Church of Scotland, if you um, what, when we finally get this woman out, this is this is not how a solicitor writes, but this is the, <laughs> the gist of it. When we finally get this this lady out, uh, then you are. Um, uh, you, have the, you have the option, you have 10 days to purchase the church house, otherwise we're going to sell it to a third-party a third party person. And I was like, wait, what? Um, all along, I had thought that we had an obligation we needed to, that was just part of it, we had to buy the house and, and the church. I'm like, wait, so, and I, I, it took me a week to track all these things and have all the conversations. Do we need to buy, do we need to save 150,000 pounds for the church house, or is that just an option? It's just a, an option. Do we need that? And sure enough, we don't need to. And so, on that Tuesday, as hard as it was to believe, uh, we, we lowered our needed expenditures by 150,000 pounds in one day. And so, family, I'm standing here telling you, raise hope is done. And... And, and I'm, I'm proud, I'm proud of you guys, and, and this is how it worked. We, we, we sacrificed, and, and we brought our first and our best, and we gave, and we gave, and we gave, and, and then I think God looked at our church as well and said, okay, they're a bit tapped out. I'll, I got it from here. I got it from here. And, and he did the, the unexpected, and so in a hundred days, we raised all that we needed together as a family and with God's help to cover it all. So thank you for that cheer, but we're going to try it again. And, and we're going to try the stand-up version. Uh, so, so why don't you stand up with me? And, um, and we're going to let out a cheer. And I'm told if I just twist this, <laughs> I've never done this before, we're going to have some um, confetti. I'm going to try and miss the speakers. Um, yeah, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna celebrate. We're going to celebrate. We're going to let a, a loud cheer of thankfulness, of joy uh, for, for the generosity that God stirred in his people here, but also how God uh, was able to completely uh, finish what we, what we weren't feeling able to accomplish. And in 100 days, this great provision. You ready for this uh, celebration? Okay. We're not going to do this twice. You've got one go at this. <laughs> there, there's only one cannon in my hand, all right? Okay, switch, pull this way, spin this way. Okay, three, two, one, yeah! Woo! Yay! Yay, God, right? Woo! Oh, what? Oh, more! Yeah, God, thank you for His provision.
and faithfulness. Woohoo! Oh. What an experience as a church. You, you can have a, have a seat. Um, I want to praise God for what he's done and for our cleaning staff for what they're about to do. <laughs> Teenagers can change the world. Oh. Family, God loves to be praised. And he loves to be praised with joyfulness. He loves to be praised as we testify to his good works. And how do you praise God for this kind of a miracle, for this kind of provision? You tell people. You tell people. And you tell people joyfully, look at what God has done for us. And our testimony is, God, you really are and have been to us the God who provides. What a, what a story, what a story. Hannah says it this way in her praise in verse 9 of chapter 2. She says, For man, a man does not prevail by his own strength. Oh. Our church prevailed not in the strength of ourselves, but in the incredible provision for God. We, we sacrificed, and then God provided the rest. Okay, so in 100 days, raise hope. Done. Now, if you're thinking, but I still want to give. Praise God. And, and I, know that I, I know that some of you still do, and, and we, we have a lot more that we can do. The, the Raise Hope was about like the bare minimum to get things open, but we, there's a lot of things that we, we, uh, we didn't budget for that we, we still would like to move forward on. So if God is prompting you still, or if you've made a commitment in your heart to give, don't feel disappointed. Uh, that's for a reason. And God's still going to be prompting some of you to keep giving because there's, there's more that we, we, we are going to be doing. So continue to follow through on, on those commitments, on those things, and I promise you it will not go to waste. We are, we, God is going to be prompting you the amount that he wants you to be giving. So that, that's that. Praise God. Incredible. Okay, so that was the fifth message. The sixth message, the sixth message, okay, we've stood up and we've been blessed. We've had confetti falling from the ceiling. What else is going to happen here? Uh, if you're new here, it's always like this. <laughs> Praising God. Um, sixth message, we started talking about Samuel, finally. And we started about talking about young Samuel and how he learned to hear the voice of God and how God called out to him as a boy, Samuel, Samuel. And he would go back and forth. He's trying to figure, oh, wait, that's God. Eli, the priest, says, no, that's God speaking to you. And so finally, Samuel figures it out. And he's like, okay, uh, Samuel, Samuel, here I am. Here I am. Um, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So we talked about in that, uh, in that lesson about learning to hear and discern and act in response to the voice of God. Not just, not just to hear the voice of God, not just to perceive that it is God indeed speaking to us, but to hear, perceive, and then act on what God is saying to us. And we talked about how if we want to make a difference, uh, learning to follow God well, it begins with intentionally developing our, our ear to hear and, 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 then, and then acting on that. And the real, the real fruit of it comes when we act in humble boldness. Even if it doesn't make sense to us, even if we're a little bit like, uh, is, this, is this really real? We, we saw Samuel's in, in fearfulness and hesitancy based on what God has spoken to him. Uh, but learning to trust, trust God uh, in that. So the entire impact that Samuel's going to have on his nations begin, be, nation begins with hearing and then speaking and acting upon the, the leadership, the voice of God. So we, we as a church heard 
um, accurately about the south side and about going for it, even though it was a financial thing above and beyond our, 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 our visual means. Um, but another thing that we've been hearing from God and, and I've been listening to God about is about the West End here. We are going through a major transition in, in our church. Um, basically, Rehope Glasgow is kind of coming to an end. Now, don't freak out. Uh, we are becoming two. And so instead of being like Rehope Glasgow and Rehope Southside, it's going to be Rehope Southside and Rehope West End. And there, there's, a big, there's a big transformation coming, and, and, and I, I know that it's going to be hard for, you, for, for us all to imagine exactly how it's going to look. But one of the key pieces that we've been praying about is, is who's going to be the lead, the lead pastor here in, in, this, in this location. And, and, and a couple months ago, I, this person came to, to my mind, and, and I, I started talking to them about it, and, and like, mm, mm, ah, ah, ah. And it was one of those things. But this person... Uh, this, this person is um, somebody who has a, an undergraduate degree in theology, and, and English, but theology, uh, has a master's degree in theology, uh, a natural-born leader with extremely strong, healthy leadership skills. Uh, this, this person is someone who knows this church well, who loves this church, who believes in the values and visions of, of, uh, vision of what we're about and what we're trying to accomplish, who's been, been here and, and working and, and, uh, and helping this church for, for a couple years now. And finally, after this week of fasting and prayer, and I know that we've been praying about the leadership of the church and the elders have been praying and, and fasting, and, and I have as well, finally, Laura Campbell has said yes, and she's going to be our, our next lead pastor here at the West End. I'm so thrilled at, at what God's doing. I have been, I have been um, praying about this specifically for months, and uh, so over the next month and a half or the next uh, eight weeks or so, she's going to be pulling together the core team and getting ready for our new launch here on the 10th of March. Very excited. I I said this from the day I first interviewed her for the teens job, but I believe in Laura Campbell, and I'm excited to, to watch her lead us forward into this next era. So, that, that's great. Uh, it's great when God speaks to... <laughs> All the people involved <laughs> and and and, and uh, there's there's harmony there so that was the sixth message the seventh message and the final message uh, of the autumn was we talked about how God obviously helps when we humble ourselves and purge our lives of idols God obviously helps when we humble ourselves and purge our lives of idols the things that we love more than God or the things that we we put our hope for happiness in more than God. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 7, as a nation under Samuel's leadership, they, they gathered and they humbled themselves before the Lord. They repented, they confessed, they fasted, they dealt with their idols, and then God obviously moved and he helped them. He, it says he thundered and he, he caused confusion amongst the, the enemy. God obviously helped them. And for us, as I, as I said, as I've been saying, that God had provided for us instantly. And he instantly and, and unexpectedly in a single day, we as a church were humbling ourselves with, with fasting. We'd shown that we were willing to give up um, 
some of our personal hopes and dreams of happiness. Maybe some of you gave and that cost you a holiday or it cost you a down payment or it cost you something that you were extremely looking forward to or maybe it cost you a sense of fiscal security and and those kinds of things you were putting some happiness hope in but instead you let go of that as a source of happiness and you entrusted it to the God who is nudging you to give. And we handed over uh, our, our idols, and then we experienced together as a church the obvious help of God in a, in a single day uh, on, during fasting week. <clears throat> church, we aren't just reading and studying good, helpful stories, encouraging stories. We are looking intently at how God interacts with people who are actually trying to follow him well. And that's true for 3,100 years ago in the lives of some of these people. And I'm telling you and I'm showing you and I'm testifying to you that in the same ways, he is, he is that way today. To, to you, his people, to, to us as a, as a family, as, as a church together. God's the same. And so as we continue our study moving forward from here, I want you to know that, that this is what our God is like. And, and this isn't just inspiring stuff. This is life transforming stuff as we apply it and as we believe in this God of the Bible. We will be seeing way more than we ever anticipated or expected Sometimes our Mondays look bleak and our Tuesdays look too good to be true. If you missed any of these messages, you can have a look uh, on on YouTube and and go back and have a a listen. Um, God wants you to make a difference in this generation. God wants you to make a difference and he he wants you to learn how to to follow him well. And he wants to rise up a people who are going to say, yes, God, I will follow you. Whatever you ask, whatever the cost, I will lay down my idols. I will praise you as you move. I will celebrate your goodness and pass on what you're like to the next generations. We're going to continue our study next week, but... Uh, for now, I've got three challenges for, for us for this week. <clears throat> the challenge number one, and, and this, I hope this is an easy one for you. Uh, open your mouth. Chal- uh, challenge to testify to people n- not in our church about what God has done for us with more space in his provision. Hopefully, you can do that with a sense of joy and thankfulness uh, and, and celebration. God did this. God did this. Secondly, I want to challenge you to to reflect. Have you seen these same kind of things in your life this last year? Like these seven lessons, have you been seeing them in your life this last six months, eight months? Do you have testimonies of these same things being true, not just for us, but but for you? And thirdly, again, if you've missed any of the messages, try and catch up on YouTube this week. That'd be great. Um, God... During fasting week on Wednesday, we were, we were in here in a worship time, and God clearly spoke to me about the future of the church and, and the, the days ahead. Uh, so it was, it was fasting week, and, and God spoke to me, and he said this in, in the time. I was, like, right here. And he said, the, the season of blessed subtraction is over, 
and the season of healing and abundance has come. Never had the word abundance before, and I think that's why I knew it was God. Uh, and, and, you know, last year, we were, we, I told you, God said that we were going to be going into a season of blessed subtraction. That he was going to be moving people on, and, and that was kind of painful for us as a church. And we saw people we love and care about go and, and do, do good for good reasons. You know, like go help this church plant and go and moving to England. They need Jesus too. And, and um, you know, there, there was, a, there was a, a lot of that. Painful times. But now God says to us, that season is over. And now it's time, a season of healing and abundance. I don't even know what, what it means to be in a season of, of healing and abundance. But... I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I really like that. So.